Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Bosworth. You know, all my life people have had the wrong idea about me. I don't like cops who make up the rules as they go. They say I push things just a little too far. They accuse me of being insensitive. (laughs) They basically say that I lack the ability to get along with others. So just to prove these people wrong... I decided to join a very exclusive and private club. Oh, yes, it's very plush. And the membership? Very select. And games? <laughs> we play some games. A perfect place for me, wouldn't you think? You just put up the wrong passenger, buddy! Mr. Brian Bosworth requests the pleasure of your company, Stone Cold. To they called us a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T C D A M Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. Um, just the thought that that I've had over the uh, last week, non movie related. Uh, you know all those stories that when growing up, your parents are talking about how to keep like your house cool and room cool. Um, well, I found out with my apartment that most of them are true. Um, 
being almost underground and having a giant tree outside means I don't have to use air conditioning at all in here. So positive. You're a lucky guy. Yeah, I, I am. I it's not so much a brag, but as a great benefit that I did not know about this apartment going in. Well, there you go. Yeah. So so kids out there. Listen, listen to what your parents say. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying here. You're telling people to find an underground. <laughs> yes. OK, <laughs> so like bunkers are, are totally in. bunkers are cool. Bunkers are good. And no windows, right? Hey, windows are windows. bad. Only you only need one point of entry. All right. Yeah, yeah. You can have you can have a you can have a window as long as there's a giant tree shading it and the sun oh, never okay. hits the window. Gotcha. So the best places are places that are underground and have no view that isn't like cemeteries. by like an oak. Gotcha. gotcha. 1950s bomb shelters. That's yeah. Those should be like $400,000. Yes, they save right? a lot on your electric bill. So that, that, that reminds me of, you know, the, you, you'll see those articles about how kids are able to, like, <laughs> I was able to pay off my student loan and buy a, a house. And it was just... <laughs> I live with my parents forever and they paid everything for me, but I was able to do it. So this is one of those things, right, Mark, where yeah. this is the but best it, way to say But in a save. more realistic way. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and then I got a half a million dollar loan from my uncle to buy a house. No, right. that. <laughs> if I can do it, so can you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. also, I might have been hardened by the fact that I lived with people that like to keep the heat near 80 degrees. Oof. So maybe I have a better tolerance for... Man. <laughs> where do I sign up for that? My wife likes it at 72, and that's too much sometimes. Yeah, when you live with a 80 to 90-year-old woman for 10 years, she likes to have the house very warm, and you kind of have again, to get used to it. <laughs> I, I Again, sign me up. I'm all for it. 80 degrees, that's my sweet spot. <laughs> Good Lord. Thank God we never roomed together. You would have murdered me. <laughs> that's awful. Uh Okay. Besides that, we did watch stuff this week. At least one yes. movie we all watched. Uh, but what did we watch besides that movie, guys? Dan, what did you watch this week? Well, uh, this week or this weekend, this past weekend was a, a big, a big weekend for some releases. Yeah, I think Obi Wan Kenobi came out on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, New Stranger Things came out this weekend. I believe Stranger Things part season four, part one. Yes. Uh, so I, I caught up. I didn't watch all of Stranger Things. I watched four episodes. Really good. I, I'm enjoying it. I've, I've always liked Stranger Things. But I, and this will this isn't only just for Stranger Things. But I've noticed, you know, in in movies that have sequels or uh, uh, TV shows that have multiple seasons, the characters will go through these seasons or these movies and they'll fight crazy shit. Right. Like they'll go up against overwhelming monsters or demons and so forth and then the next season one of the main characters will say hey something weird's going on and all the other characters like are you sure i don't you know i i don't know maybe it's all in your imagination and you've spent three seasons fighting nightmare creatures why don't you just automatically believe sure right (laughs) like hey i'm getting this bad feeling i'm seeing crazy things Mm, I, i think it's it's your imagination man everything's good now and again, that goes for other, you know, I feel like that's part of the Harry Potter uh, series, right? Like sure. Voldemort shows up or whatever, and everyone just gaslights Harry. But no, it's not <laughs> Voldemort. Just because millions or, you know, tons of people have been dying. It's not Voldemort. Uh, but yeah, I, other than that, I do enjoy the, the, the series so far. Uh, 
only two episodes of Obi-Wan came out. Too early to tell, really. Uh, I'm not really clamoring for an Obi-Wan series, so I'm not really... Yeah, my expectations aren't super high for it, but I'll, I'll probably wind up watching it. Uh, but that's it. Gotcha. All right, Mark, what about you? Watch anything this week? Yeah, I actually did. Um, and um, uh, while you were talking off podcast, I did have plans to see something in the movies, but just the weekend got away from me. So maybe I'll talk about that next week. But um, this week I watched um, because of one of the podcasts I'm listening to um, reviewed it, and I realized I hadn't seen it, but really wanted to. I watched uh, Detective Pikachu. Um, this week um and for someone that's not a real deep into pokemon stuff it's still a pretty decent like kids movie um in the fact that the storyline is fine and easy to follow there's not much in terms of plot holes or anything they pretty much you know tie everything up and it's a very generic plot you can see basically some of the twists coming um and if you know pokemon you'll see a couple of the big twists coming pretty easily uh but yeah, it, it kept me entertained all the way through. Um, Ryan Reynolds be, is just Ryan Reynolds as Pinkachu. Um, I wish maybe they uh, cast someone else, but um, he's fine. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah the the other uh, Smith's son uh, plays the lead. Um, uh, so yeah, it was yeah, like I said, it was perfectly fine. I I had fun with the uh, time I did spend watching it. Um, it has Bill Knighty in it, so. Thumbs up to some uh, uh, scenery chewing um, uh, from him. But yeah, I recommend it. If anybody really likes Pokemon, you'll probably get a lot more enjoyment um, out of it than I did. Um, and if you're just, if you have kids by any chance, um, it's, you know, uh, perfectly fine for them. Um, I will say, honestly, the the interrogation of Mr. Mime might have been one of the funniest things I've seen in a kid's movie in a while um because they just play it perfectly and keep and they don't break the rules of what's supposed to be going on in that scene at any point and they even ended on a pretty good cut um uh moment so um yeah yeah so that's what i watched um besides that i played a lot of video games and stuff as i just lounged around this weekend after outside of cleaning the small apartment i do have i don't have to worry about yard work like you guys uh so um, i had a little more time on my hands but uh, yeah, that's about it. And I'm planning on, um, I was thinking of watching it before the stream because of another podcast. I might rewatch like Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire ones. So I'll report back. Someone, someone mentioned they should have cast Danny DeVito as yeah. Pikachu instead of Ryan Reynolds. And I would have loved to have seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there, there's a lot of people outside of probably Chris Pratt that you could have accepted, um, in that role. Um, uh, DeVito, DeVito only works from the f- the funny aspect of that voice in that character. Um, and But every other point of the movie, um, outside of just being that voice, I don't know if he really um, would carry. But um, I, w- I would love to see a dub of him doing it, like even a couple scenes for fun. Uh, sure. but, but yeah, the uh, and the the uh, female lead in it um, is going is the uh, is Ant-Man's daughter. The new one, um, okay. Catherine Nelson Newton, Catherine Newton or whatever. No idea. Yeah. So the one that's going to be in the, the new Ant-Man movie. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. For me, I didn't watch much. I didn't watch Stranger Things. I didn't watch Obi-Wan. Um, the only thing I really watched is I actually did a rewatch of Garden State, which I haven't watched in like 10 years. Uh, I wouldn't oh say it's 
holds up particularly well, but I still like it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I was worried that would be an oh boy. No, well, I mean, I mean, Natalie Portman drops the R word a few times, but um, no, it's fine. I still like the movie. Those soundtracks is is still pretty great too. Um, but the thing I watched this week, I went to theaters and I decided that I was going to be super cool and not go see the movie everybody was going to see, Top Gun. And I went to the movies to watch Men, the Alex Garland directed horror movie. Uh, Mark, I'm sure this is on the top of your list to go see in theaters this summer, right? You're yep, yep. Pretty... I, I I just love to see Men in theater. There you go. <laughs> uh this one i i don't know if i could recommend it to anybody um no. it's it's good i liked it it's a tough watch though it's it makes you it puts you in the shoes of a woman and that is the most terrifying thing in the world you like po- a movie could possibly do apparently yeah uh it's tense like all the time um it's not fun. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't I was thinking about not going to see it this weekend because it was like, hey, it's Memorial Day. Let me go watch a crowd pleasing movie. And then I just kind of weighed my options and I was like, well, this movie was probably not going to be there next week. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I don't see it now, I, who knows if I ever will. So I decided to see men. It's very good. If you're into horror, give it a shot. It's I think I really like Alex Garland, Ex Machina, and uh Mm, Annihilation. He's done. This is his third directorial film. I think. I think those are the only three he's done. But it's really good. Um, but it's it's dark. <laughs> it's yeah, it's I- basically an allegory of basically being a woman. And yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer before um, Everything Everywhere at Once. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first thought was, I'm gonna wait for Ant to see that movie. Yeah, I can't I recommend it. it for you. If you're not yeah. into art, it goes into some weird places at the end. Because you, you would normally bang the table for something. Um, and I'm mm. like, that feels like a movie I need I need a recommendation on. Um, no. I did have the older woman next to me laugh when the title Men just popped up on the screen. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't, yeah. that was the one thing that stuck in my head. I, uh, I read up on it a little bit today because I, I wasn't sure when I'd be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh from what I read about the ending, it's uh, it's a total mind fuck. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to the end of Annihilation in a okay. way. That was his other movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did also, like that movie. Yeah. He also did Ex Machina, Ooh, the, uh, which is which is yeah. a great movie. Yeah. yeah. See, the fact two that he really did those solid two movies, movies that that yeah. I saw with you, and you're telling me to avoid this one, I'm assuming it's definitely not up my alley. I would definitely not go running to the theater to see it, yeah. especially you. If it winds up on Prime one day, you know. Yeah, pop it on. Maybe yeah. I'll watch it three years later like I did Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. If you're like not look, if you're looking to if you have like a bad day, it's a, it's probably a good movie to watch. Like, don't let it ruin a good day you're okay. having. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, so, so this movie is just a total bummer. <laughs> it's not not a bummer. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah it, it seemed very very out there yeah but I, I i can't say i didn't enjoy it so that says a lot about me i suppose <laughs> i enjoyed just being miserable, it's miserable. I saw it in the middle of the day i saw it in the middle of the day of memorial day so i had like the rest of the day <laughs> to, to really yeah. sit on it yeah after walking out of the theaters was like well it's two o'clock now i'm gonna just have to go on with the rest of my weekend 
miserable but, boy summer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I watched really this week. I watched, yeah, um, some more angry video game nerd. I think I watched a bunch of. You're really into that right now. Is that just yeah. like a, a phase? It's yeah, it's like uh, the dogs waking me up early and I we get into this thing where it's like it's 730. I'm not feeding you until eight. So we're all going to sit on the couch mm-hmm. and we're going to watch TV yeah. for a half hour because <laughs> I ain't feeding you assholes early. No matter how much <laughs> I know how no matter how early you wake me up, you're still eating at eight. That's good. Yeah, you got to You got to keep a firm grasp on that, you know? Yeah. Don't let them run things. Um, there, I've also there was one other thing I've been watching. Um I've gotten Jen into it a little bit, and Mark. I think both of you guys might enjoy this. Uh, on Hulu, they have the Dark Side of the Ring documentaries. Oh, yeah. I've seen a bunch of them. Yeah, so I've gotten Jen into them. I showed her the the Montreal Screw Job. That's a good one. That was a good one, and and like Jen got really into that one. And then you know, at least with my wife and aunt, maybe this is something that uh, Lynn shares with Jen, but. A lot of the times, Jen will, if I'm watching something, Jen will just kind of be on her phone or, you know, doing whatever. But I'll know that she actually enjoys something I'm watching because I'll ask, oh, well, you know, is there anything you want to watch? And she'll just say, no, we can watch this if you'd like. I'm like, boom, got yeah. her. <laughs> so she's, I know she's into it. So I can enjoy it guilt free now. Right. So we, we wound up watching a few of those. Did you did you show her the Ric Flair one so that she would change her opinion about Ric Flair? Uh, the the uh, flight the flight the from hell. Hell yeah. Uh, did I watch that? I I know I've seen it. I don't know if I showed her that one. <laughs> I I showed her the Screw Job, the Last Days of Own Heart, yeah. uh, the Last Ride of the Road Warriors, yeah, and Becoming the Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're like oh. He wasn't a nice guy. Like, no, oh, no, no, he was not a nice guy. <laughs> I said he was a terrible wrestler, too. And no, a lot of people won't say that, but he was not a very good wrestler. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah that's why it's funny that the award the WWE gives out in his honor. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Really yeah. doesn't make sense. But, that, you know, he was so big at the time, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Just just w- my one quick wrestling note is my favorite part of that warrior story. It's the time when he held up Vince for money. Vince gave him the money. He did the pay-per-view, and then Vince fired him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he basically walked out. After the match, he walked in the back, and Vince was there and just said, all right, you're gone. Yeah, handed him the check and said, all right, you're fired. Yeah, pretty pretty wild. Vince is a... Uh, he's. Oh, I, I also showed her the uh, the Chris Benoit. And oh, that's that, probably the best. That bummed her out real oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bummer. So. Yeah. Yeah, guys. There. I mean, I guess we're just get, we're bringing the mood down right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is out watching crowd pleasing Top Gun Maverick. We're just uh, slitting our wrists open over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I watch. That's all I watched. Uh, also, I, I I never mentioned we watched through the Flight Attendant season two on HBO Max. Pretty fun what show. It's fun. Kaylee Cuoco, she's she's good in it. She's got like a Jennifer Aniston sort of quality to her. I like it. Um, it that, that show is completely different from what I've heard it is. It, apparently she's a secret agent? Sort of. Yeah, it's a whole th- it's a whole arc of like, she starts off one first step, first season she wakes up and a guy is dead next to her and she has to go through trying to figure out how he died and all that kind of stuff. And then second season she gets roped into like sort of international... Uh, espionage via the cia stuff like that 
It's fun. It's a fun show. It's kind of light and breezy, but also it goes to a little dark places like she's an alcoholic and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, that, yeah. that does sound like a pretty good, uh, pretty good, good watch. Yeah, it's a good watch with the wife sort of show. You know, there we yeah, go. It's, it's it's one of those shows like with the uh, um, that show that uh, Elle Fanning's in that I see ads for all the time of wondering, is that actually good? The Great. Yeah. Plays Catherine the Great. Uh, we watched the first season. That first season is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That and Flight Attendant are things I see around all the time going, huh, I wonder how that is. You won't know until you try it, Mark. Try it. Then I just go and watch YouTube. So you gotta go. You gotta just shit your pants and take a swim, as I always say. Yep. I think you made that up, right? That you came <laughs> up with that. I didn't, but uh, it's actually from Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take credit for it because nobody nobody knows what I t- what I mean when I say it, so it's mine now. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's gone past the uh, you know was statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's entered the public domain as i say yeah 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 all right so that's all we watched this week so we're gonna take a quick break before we talk about this week's movie and you guys are gonna listen to some ads and we'll be back in a second and welcome back now it's time to get into this week's movie and this week was mark's pick mark why don't yes. you tell us what movie we watched this week yeah so um this week we watched the uh brian bosworth classic stone cold um so my choice was uh mainly for two reasons um First, the only thing I knew about this movie uh, before I saw it pop up on a binge of Red Letter Media stuff was that they basically copied the uh, grocery store scene from Cobra um, uh, because I had seen, uh, you know, multiple YouTube videos of it side by side. And it's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that uh, this was one of the first things the Boz did either near the end or after he had already retired from football. Um, so, you know, outside of that, um, I didn't know much until the brief clips, um, on Red Letter Media, but just listening to them talk about it, I was like, we absolutely need to do this movie, um, because I think it hits just about all the things I love, um, about, uh, what we do here on the podcast. And, um, yeah, it, it, and at least for me, it was, it was exactly what I was hoping it would be. I laughed out loud at a couple of moments, even though I knew they were coming. Um, but yeah, th- this movie is, is like such good, uh, B level, maybe even C level action movie, um, with some actually decent actors in it, surprisingly. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know where their careers were in 1991. Um, but yeah, it, it, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think the ending is insane and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Um, yeah, but that, that's about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh. I wish it was a lot easier to watch this, though, um, even though the way we watched it um, on YouTube is surprisingly good version of it. Um, so, yeah. Great. Uh, Dan, what about you? Where are you coming from with Stone Cold? Oh, man, this movie is perplexing, but in a great way. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie rocks. It's so much fun. Uh, and it's, yeah, again, it's free on YouTube. <laughs> Go watch it. If yeah. you haven't seen it, pause the podcast. It's an hour. It, the movie's an hour, 32 minutes. Easy watch. Yeah. No Go commercials. There's no ads for this. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Either. It's so beautiful. Um, I've never seen it before. I, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. Um, I I read some of the letterboxed reviews and it, it talked about, you know, 
how a cop's kind of like a vigilante, this, that, and the other thing. And it doesn't really do it justice because he's not really a vigilante as so much as he, right, they put him undercover. Yeah. Uh, but then he kind of goes off towards the, the ending is spectacular. Um, that's yeah. when, like, this movie's fun, but then the last act of the movie just kicks it into hyperdrive and it does not slow down. It's uh, wall-to-wall action. Shit, ex- a-, a bike explodes just by running into a car. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> early, but it explodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that never that doesn't happen. Uh, that was great. Uh, they blow up a, a helicopter. They blow up a gas station. How, how oh. did they blow up the helicopter? They With a bike. <laughs> with a motorcycle. <laughs> And they, they kill, scene in the movie. It, and they kill Mac's dad. It's yep. <laughs> uh, it's phenomenal. Everything about this movie is just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I'm very happy because earlier in the day, I messaged uh, you gentlemen. I thought we were watching this movie called Gator. So yeah. I was fully prepared to watch this. And then uh, Ant and Mark, you guys let me know we were watching uh, Stone Cold. And yeah, you guys, you, you, that was the correct call. Yeah. So that's for me. Yeah, I, I think I saw the Red Letter Media uh, review of it. And yeah, that's to echo what you guys are saying. This movie is a ton of fun. Uh, it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the oh, what's the the killing zone, the killing zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's what's called Malibu's movie. Malibu's oh, movie? yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Reminds me a little bit of Killing Zone. Reminds me, it's got very similar plot points to Fast, Too Furious. Um, in the fact that they, the FBI basically blackmails him to help them. Yep. <laughs> um, that, that's, uh, yeah. that's blackmail. The FBI does not do blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, Brian Bosworth's good in this too. I yeah. wish, I wish there was more of the Boz. I feel like there, there's a, there's a separate universe an alternate universe where a brian bosworth became an action star in the mid 90s and b bo jackson never broke his hip or hurt his hip um so you know tying those two together uh it looks like uh bosworth actually retired in 1989 so this was after his career yeah yeah after he got trucked yeah it's as i said to you guys before we started I have no idea how he wasn't the straight to VHS king of the B action movie, at least for a couple years, because he doesn't do anything to like 95 after this or 96 um, on his IMDb. Um, so it, it's was he trying to get back in football? Like what? He should have just been rolling out these like even just, you know, doing it for scale. <laughs> just, just, people should have just been hiring him. Um, he's yeah, he's he's good in it in that he was very believable. Um, in the role um, they gave him, um, and the, and the fact that he wasn't badly um, outacted by people that have had more successful quote unquote careers um, in Lance Hendrickson and um, it's, it's William Forsythe, right? Yes, plays Ice. Um, you know, like he both, didn't, he, both great in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Yes, they are so, both awesome. So everyone's having so much fun in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he doesn't he doesn't like. He's, they don't feel like it doesn't feel like they're carrying him. He like sure. stands in there with the scene while not at their level. Um, it doesn't seem like the energy drops when it comes to him. Like there's no there's no Kevin Durant moment 
Um, sure. <laughs> you know, when it cuts to the non-actor and you're just like, oh, that's like, it's like negative charisma going on there. Um, he has, he has some great moments. Um, the, the only thing he didn't really have, maybe it's just me, but they tried to force that, that chemistry love connection um, with, with the, the main girl um, in it. But I just didn't feel why she would want to be with him. You know, sort of like, it was like, like, they, like I said, they kind of tried to force it in there. Sure. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping there wouldn't be a love interest. Yeah, I think uh, it, it didn't take away from the movie necessarily, yeah. but yeah, I, I think it kind of it it, con- it comes out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, I, I remember like wait why wait why do they like each other now? I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Did did she just because he? I mean, the boss just kind of walks around with no shirt on, <laughs> at, as is his want. Uh, and if I looked like him, I probably would too. <laughs> um, <laughs> he. I, oh, especially the scene when he's wearing like with the speedo. Yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting that. That we we got a face full of boz there. Uh, hey, we're as we always say, we're pro dick. We we are. Yeah, we we pretty much saw his in this movie. Uh, I I think that was a character choice for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah his underwear. Right. <laughs> it was, and what what's funny in that scene? When uh, Sam McMurray, uh, his partner, uh, Lance, shows up at Bosworth's apartment, he sees the Komodo dragon. But then there's a naked woman in Brian Bosworth's bed, and he seems more surprised at the naked woman than the Komodo dragon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, whoa, hey, super hot chick. I'm not used to seeing those. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I've never seen one that well put together. <laughs> right. And you know what is great about this movie, too? Bosworth is a total gentleman yeah. throughout the movie to women, mm-hmm. right? He He's not an over-the-top douchebag, and, like, he doesn't treat them as objects. He I think he even tells the, the one woman, Nancy, like, uh, like, he basically says no woman should be given to someone. Like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty forward-thinking, Boz. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the part where like uh, Henriksen just kind of gives it, gives her to him as like a peace offering of some sort for, um, for going through his his van. Yeah, yeah, she'll yeah. show you a good time, he says. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's part of the reason why he, uh, they, I guess they have the relationship because it's that, and then like when she gets when the the mafia steals the four hundred bucks from her, he takes it out of his pocket and gives it to her. Um, hey, he's just a nice dude. Just a nice dude, and that that romance though it ends yeah. in a way I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh... But again, I think that helps the movie out. Right? Oh yeah, this, definitely. This is definitely a no holds barred type. Anyone could die kind of movie, and and, yeah, and a lot was, of people die. And <laughs> he was one hundred percent the reason that she dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I I think what's perplexing to me about this movie is it's like there's a false sense of victory in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean by Lance the way, he does what he wanted to do. Yeah. He, he succeeds in his mission <laughs> and the, yeah, there's this false sense of like, yeah, we got him at the end. Like, Oh yeah, you kind of did, but, <laughs> but you, before he killed the district attorney, <laughs> right? Right. He killed judges. Yeah, he killed the entire. Attorney. He killed the entire Mississippi Supreme Court. 
right. <laughs> and the district attorney who was running for governor. Yeah. Um, so it, it it didn't deserve the the like the freeze frame it gets at the end. The triumphant walk down the steps <laughs> as the credits roll. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to like suffer in prison or anything. He gets to succeed in his mission and then die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was very confused well, about that. Convict him, the Supreme Court's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you guys have to wait a little while. We have to just uh, basically rehire, refill the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I, I didn't quite understand the motive of the movie. Um, but I, I know that so, one of the bikers is going on trial. So here's what here's what it is. Okay. Um, his name is Trouble. And Trouble is the one that blows away the priest out of nowhere in the opening montage for no reason uh, that we know of. Um, And he gets sent to jail for 45 years without parole. Sounds fair. Sounds reasonable. But now the district attorney who is uh, running for governor says that's too lenient. I'm going to recharge. I am going to um, appeal. appeal the the decision and i'm going to change get it changed that he gets the death penalty which is completely against the fifth amendment of the constitution <laughs> <laughs> you cannot try people twice that's double jeopardy starring ashley judd um <laughs> but essentially lance henriksen says that's rude you deserve to die because of this stance that you're Putting on him, and and the judge who gave the lenient sentence gets blown up in his boat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, how dare you make us face the consequences for our actions? So okay, so this leads me to another question: What type of setting is this movie in? Is it the a South. okay? So, but I, I mean, like, is it set in a RoboCop type of era where it everything's kind of dystopian in a way? And no, gangs just so. rule the the streets, yeah. or is it just set in present day? I think it's set in like the Delta, uh, the Mississippi Delta, where these guys just have swampland where they can just kind of create a a hideout and just go without much uh, police involvement. Okay, yeah. so would there be a, a big Italian uh, presence in Mississippi? What's in Mississippi? I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> that doesn't strike me as a big Italian type of area. Well, they yeah, needed... we usually stick to the Northeast. That's true. Yeah. yeah, they they needed a group of people that could be against the bikers that didn't like shine a giant spotlight on the fact that they were Nazis. Like... <laughs> they do such a good job of that themselves, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah Nazi it's like, like symbols. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have the symbols and the flags around, but it can't be like. A black gang because that would be too obvious <laughs> yeah they, I, I first i thought that's where they were going with it they go out of their way to not call attention to the naziness of the brotherhood mm-hmm. but it's it, how it's weird that you say that because you're right you guys are both right they really kind of try to they not don't, they don't overtly ever say it but yes. they also point out things that are like hey wait a minute <laughs> what are those two s's on your jacket <laughs> <laughs> yeah and again it's just the the symbols are everywhere they have the uh confederate flag prominently on their chests and in the background it's it, it's very obvious what they are but they don't yeah you're right none of them outward uh, no character says that 
they're Nazis right. or racists or yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, until if they didn't have the SSs on their jacket up until the point that the two flags show up, somebody, some idiot could make a reasonable argument that the Confederate flag does not mean, you know, they're racist, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it could be, oh, it's just the deep south, Delta, Mississippi. That's what they do there. Um, mm-hmm. You can make that argument. But once the, when the SSs are so prominent and the do Nazi flag show up, go, oh, yeah, I think it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything racist in this movie, besides no, calling no. Italians wops. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and the, the Italians are only in it for two scenes. Yeah, so they they're not very prominent. Yeah, one of my favorite across the table discussion moments where they just put a head inside of a motorcycle helmet, <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and it's so clearly the guy is under the table. Yeah, <laughs> I like his eyes are shifted to the left. Yeah, like, like he was surprised. <laughs> I don't think even if you were looking a certain way, I don't think you stay looking that way after your <laughs> head gets chopped off. Yeah, right. Your 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 eyes probably close, and then you know that that's it. But uh, I so I have one big question for you guys, mm-hmm. and it's not answered in the movie, as far as I know. Bosworth is away conservatively for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, he's undercover for a couple weeks. We'll say, yeah. So his suspension was for th- supposedly three weeks. So, so essentially okay. just assume that is what I did. So three weeks. Who's feeding his Komodo dragon for those three weeks? Uh, maybe the sexy lady in his bed. Yeah, maybe. They never say it. Yeah. And the concoction that he makes at the beginning. Yeah. It, I, it, until, until he fed that to the to the, the lizard, uh, then I was going to text you. I'm like, is that a shake that... You should be drinking for gains. Well, I was get. I had written down. Maybe this is why I'm not gaining any muscle, because <laughs> I'm not putting two Snickers bars, a banana, potato chips, two eggs with the shells. With shells. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure chocolate is uh, poisonous to to lizards, like to to that uh that species. Oh so, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that that Komodo dragon dies after having that. Maybe that's why no one feeds it because it's dead. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why you, maybe that's why you wouldn't eat it. Right? Like, what's right. the matter, bud? You gotta you gotta eat it. <laughs> that's a bowl of poison, sir. Right. Yeah. You try to I kill like me. Komodo dragons eat like bugs and maybe like some small uh, like uh, mice yeah. and stuff like that. Right, like rodents kind of thing. Yeah. Now. At the, at the same time, I don't think there's a better way to convey that your main character is a total badass <laughs> than true. to give him a Komodo dragon. Yeah, there's definitely a, a in-fashion thing to have Komodo yeah. dragons in your movie in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, With big the, lizards. The Freshman, the Matthew Broderick movie, was the Komodo dragon. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Was that, a, that was uh, in that movie too? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Interesting. Sure Freshman. Yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty cool choice. Freshman Komodo Dragon. Yep. Now, I, I think maybe I'm I'm probably looking too much into this, but Brian Bosworth, his name, his character's real name is Joe Huff, but he goes by Stone, right? That's his undercover. John Stone. John Stone. And his jacket has skulls on it. Do you think Steve Austin took the Stone Cold gimmick from this movie? Uh, it's entirely possible. Right. It, I, I don't know for sure, but it, it's the, the parallels are very, uh, very similar. He, and he wears a leather jacket, no yep. shirt through a majority of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And bikini briefs. 
Yeah, I, again, wonder, I, I wonder if for infringement purposes, he never mentions it because his story is kind of weird with how he came up with Stone Cold. I wonder. Yeah. It, it was something about something being too cold and someone said it was Stone Cold. Mm. And that's when he came up with it. And now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, wondering if that's why that story is the way it is. It's just very, uh, very generic. He doesn't want to get sued. Like, no, I just like the Brian Bosworth Stone Cold movie. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Who, who's to say? Like, yeah, it's a good movie. Whatever. By the way, this um, movie did make me watch the a uh, bunch of clips of Jim Ross just saying Stone Cold, Stone Cold over and over again. <laughs> Stone Cold, by God. Uh, the and man, what one other thing that kind of bothered me with this movie, but again, it wasn't enough to really ruin it. The 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 crux of this movie, or not the crux, but the beginning of it is basically they the FBI needs someone to go undercover and infiltrate this brotherhood, this uh, yeah. biker gang. The 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 two FBI agents, uh, Richard Grant, Sam McMurray, they explained to Brian Bosworth he has he's the person who's put away the most bikers. Yeah. So why would you send him? That makes no sense, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So more chance to ID him. Exactly. Like, oh, this guy, he's put away like 40 of us. Yeah. The, the plot of this movie, for many reasons, um, but that in particular is why this wouldn't work today, because there'd be way too easy of a way to find a guy that looks like Brian Bosworth, you know, and just cross-reference him with cops. Like, right. sure. you know, it, you know, um, there's got to be some article or blog or Twitter field going, look, check out this cop. Right. <laughs> Just a photo of the boss with with his mullet. Um, yeah, he he on. would probably be famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so Stone Cold from 1991 is directed by Craig R. Baxley, who directed Action Jackson, Left Behind Three, and a bunch of TV movies in between. But he was a stunt coordinator throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Stars Brian Bosworth, Lance Henriksen, William Forsythe, Arabella Holzberg. Sam McMurray, Richard Gant, Paolo Toka, David Tress, Gregory Scott Cummins, Robert Winley, and Brenda James. Kind of a few repeaters here. Lance Henriksen, who was yeah. in Pumpkinhead, and Arabella Holzberg was in uh, the the Hologram Man. Yep, and uh, Henriksen's a three-timer because he's in... Oh, no, it's a movie I watched. Never mind. <laughs> he's in I the quick and the dead which is a movie right. i watched not for this podcast right um i feel like we've watched a sam mcmurray movie because he's a he's one of those guys that always pops up everywhere yeah, he was a good character actor in the like the 80s and 90s yeah i always remember him in uh drop dead gorgeous he plays denise richard's dad but he's like a super racist furniture store owner <laughs> i don't remember that movie oh man that's good it's uh it's like a sort of a fake documentary about uh cheer uh beauty pageant hmm, i gotta i gotta check it out but i i know he's oh he was in the adams family that's right yeah that's too okay I, I know i've seen him in a bunch of things yeah he's, he's also in acting too he's, he's in christmas vacation too oh he's uh he's uh clark griswold's buddy yeah at work right and it's uh he he pops in a couple times and he just like oh don't worry i'm sure the check will be there right that's him yeah yeah I remember that. Uh, he's still working too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he's he was, he's a very consistent working actor by going yeah. to his IMDb. Likewise, likewise. Uh, okay, hey, this has an IMDb score of six and a Rotten Tomato score of thirty three percent. 
Budget, $17 million. Box office, $9.15 million. I guess that's the reason why Brian Bosworth wasn't in more movies, because he was not a box office draw. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't need to be in on the big screen. Yeah. I mean, he could have, like, I mean, it's great for him to try and swing for the fences and try and be a leading man, but he could have also, you know, been a character actor, you know? Plenty of plenty of goons that need to be goons. True. He he should have been on some uh, Law & Order episodes, I think. Yeah. He would have been a good Law & Order dude. Like a dock worker. Yeah, uh, right? Uh, maybe I did see it. I don't know. <laughs> Who was asking? My memory's a little fuzzy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just iced tea interrogating him. It'd be hilarious. I'd watch that episode. Yeah, he, was, he was in CSI Miami. Oh, okay. Going up against For an episode, the big yeah. man. I like it, man. Yeah, I I am a little upset that he didn't get a whole lot of work because again, I, listen, he's not he's not like exploding off the screen. You know what I'm I'm saying? Like he's yeah. not like oh, like oh my god, this guy was great. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But his next, yeah, his next. Go ahead, Dan. No, no, that's okay. I, I, again, I just think that you would expect a athlete to really not. You, like, you would be able to tell. Oh, yeah, this guy, he's just reading his lines, or you could tell he's not cut out for this. But Mark, you, I think you said it before. He, he doesn't bring the energy down. He has some good lines in this movie. He, he, he does the action scenes pretty well. Like, he doesn't. He, he's not. Um, you could tell he's not faking it you know uh I, yeah I, I was really surprised how how good he was yeah so his next three movies are exactly what i was thinking of he's in a movie called midnight heat which is a tv movie a movie either called one tough bastard or one man's justice depending on the region and then a one called viral which is b-level action movies that's all he needed sure. and then like I think he started, yeah, then he's in, like, some sequels. He's, like, as the directed um, uh, video thing. But he was in the, the Adam Sandler Longest Yard, which isn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got, I, yeah, it's it's disappointing because, like, you know, obviously his career, his football career is cut short. So it was, like, you, you hope that he was able to bounce back into into uh, Hollywood and movies and like that. But 
Yeah. In his late career, he just made he just made money doing college football stuff, being the boss, mm-hmm. right? You know, being in commercials and you know on like doing all those specials for that stuff. Yeah, so. he did. He had a, a career as a color commentator. He was in the XFL as a color commentator. Yeah, and did Turner Sports as college football analyst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's turned to being the boss. I, I random note, I when I was in Oklahoma City last year for for my niece's softball stuff, he was the special guest of the Oklahoma radio thing for whatever game was that weekend. Oh, nice, so that's pretty just, cool. Yeah, it was just random. Um, like, oh yeah, this week we're 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 visited by the boss. Like, oh boss. shit, we're listening to some Oklahoma sports radio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt, did you mention William Forsyth is also a returning uh, TC Tam? Actor. Oh, what was he in? What he was in um The Rock, wasn't he? That's right. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was in The Rock. Yep. He was the not asshole FBI agent, surprisingly. Yeah. I I like William Forsyth. I think he's a he's yeah. another good character actor, man. Oh yes. His performance in Out for Justice, starring Steven Stagall, is incredible. And we will cover that movie one day. One day. <laughs> he's also really good in uh Devil's Rejects. Yes. He's the sheriff, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's crazy in that movie. Well, everyone's crazy, but yeah, yeah. he's really good. Yeah. You guys want to get into the plot? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Dan, what do you got? Going to give a quick shout out to our friends, Tia, Brittany, their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. Uh, it's a weekly podcast where Tia and Brittany go over their favorite lists, uh, you know, top ten stuff. Ranging from movies, TV shows, video games, you name it, they do it. Go check them out, geekvibesnation.com. Just search Top 10 with Tia. You can follow Tia on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. You could also follow Brittany on Twitter at IttyBittyBrit. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. And we will be back in a second. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into plot four stone cold we open on a hostage situation in a grocery store as a group of thugs hold employees and patrons at gunpoint and shoot up at a a display of ritz crackers just for the fun of it yeah they uh it took me a while to realize that that girl was wearing like a a braces headgear thing i thought it was like uh uh like microphone and headphone thing you're talking about tinsel teeth yeah and she is credited in the credits 
they start unloading the cash registers when none other than Brian the Boz Bosworth walks in wearing a trench coat I imagine the Highlander would wear, sporting yeah. one hell of a mullet. They send Charlie to go. They send Charlie, one of the thugs, to go investigate this new stranger. The boss immediately overpowers him and knocks him out cold. So one of the other guys goes to try and find Charlie, then gets a face full of a Louisville slugger for his troubles. <laughs> Through the frozen food. Then yep. the lead thug tries to coax the boss out by threatening a girl with braces, but then he loses his nerve and makes a run for it, then slips on some oil that boss poured on the ground, and he goes ass over tea kettle into a display of canned tomatoes. Then when the cops arrive, all the boss has to say is clean up on aisle four and mm. walks out. <laughs> Drops the mic. You know, you know, he felt good about delivering that line. <laughs> he does a good job with it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not making fun yeah. of him. But no, I, like, I agree. It's really he delivers and you know when they yell cut. Fucking nailed that. <laughs> One take, boss. <laughs> uh, then we get to see a biker gang do whatever it is we assume biker gangs do. Drink beer, carouse, shoot beer cans off of each other, blow ca- blow up cars with Uzis. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. not playing shoot this beer can off my head with an Uzi, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That um, that thug would definitely be dead in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I I think conservatively at these rallies, ten people die. Yeah, it's it just it seems like a very aggressive hobby, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's unnecessary, is what it is. Yeah. It's like you have to be on all the time, right? Or people die. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's not like uh, what was the the skateboarding movie we we watched recently? Thrashing, um, thrashing, right? Where the the skateboarding punks, their idea of the rally is just you know grinding the half pipe or whatever it is they do. Yeah. <laughs> gleaming the cube. They gleaming the cube. No one really dies there. There's no threat of death, really. Yeah. Just maybe serious injury, but no, no death. Here, it's you know you miss. <laughs> you're you're down one one less member. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they must have good health insurance, I suppose. <laughs> then we cut to a baptism, and one of the bikers pops out of nowhere and shoots the priest with a shotgun, sending him flying through a stained glass window. For what reason, we'll never know. And the bikers are all sitting outside. <laughs> After a short trial, this biker thug is rightfully convicted of murder and sentenced to 45 years in prison without parole. And for his troubles, the judge gets blown up by a bomb and his fishing boat compliments a William Forsythe, who's playing a guy named Ice. Back in his apartment, the boss makes up a smoothie for his Komodo dragon, consisting of things that Komodo dragons probably shouldn't eat, including, as we mentioned, Snickers, potato chips, orange juice, and whole eggs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that company's real in his shirt, but I wonder how much money they paid, or <laughs> they were paid to have him wear that shirt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the shirt said. Yeah, it seems like some like lifting or or like powder like gotcha company. Gotcha. There's a knock on the door, and it's the FBI. They take him to a parking garage and tell him that they want him to work for them as an undercover to infiltrate the gang who they believe is working with the mafia. He refuses, and then they tell him that they'll change his suspension from three weeks to six months without pay if he doesn't help them. Almost the same exact plot as Too Fast, Too Furious. So he begrudgingly agrees, and they set him up with a partner, Lance, played by Sam McMurray. Next morning, Lance shows up at 6 a.m. to wake up the boss, whose character's name is Joe Huff slash John Stone is his undercover name. Joe is less than ready, walking around in bikini briefs and a woman still in his bed. And then that night... Joe and Lance go undercover to a biker bar, excellently named Tit for Tat, 
that is owned by the quote-unquote brotherhood. And Joe explains Joe explains to Lance that the bikers like to watch girls dance naked. <laughs> Which I thought was a hilarious line. Yeah. It's like the guys get the bikers get their rocks off watching the girls. It's like, yep, yeah, that is that explains <laughs> the reason that strip clubs exist. Thank you. How obvious is Sam McMurray's character in the <laughs> Hello, fellow biker gang members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the Steve Buscemi meme. <laughs> oh, he. There's never been a clearer instance of a narc in yeah. television or movie history than <laughs> Sam McMurray's character in this strip club. But th- they play it up for laughs, though. Yeah, because like right, he mentions jacket. he. Yeah, he wants a he wants a new glass because the one he gets is filthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Then Joe Joe then points out the second in command Ice and says he's trying to get in good with him in order to get closer to the leader um, Chains played by Lance Henriksen, but he doesn't know how. So his plan is to go up to Ice and says that his, that Ice's old lady has been eyeing the Boz up and down all night. So they start measuring each other up. Joe says that he just got out of prison, and then before they wind up throwing hands, a commotion calls Ice away. Apparently one of the girls sold some truckers some bad shit, and the truckers are hassling the girl to get the money back. Ice pulls the trucker away, kicks him in the balls, and a bar fight ensues. You would would assume that the truckers would know who owns this bar and wouldn't come back like trying to get their money back. Just just call it a loss. Yeah. Yeah, you you gotta know ahead of time, right? I mean, I've never started a bar fight before, so... Right. I I think when you, you, you get sold bad shit, whatever it is... And the ge- the the gang that you bought from has a bad reputation. Yeah, like Mark said, you you just chalk it up. Like yep. lesson learned. Yeah, it's hazard. You know, it's a hazard to do a business, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's the risk you take. Caveat emptor. Whatever <laughs> that means. <laughs> Everywhere. I know that. There you because, go. I know that because of a very Brady sequel. <laughs> it always circles back to a Brady sequel with you, Ant. <laughs> excellent movie. Underrated. <laughs> Um, Ice pulls the trucker's way. Joe jumps in and helps Ice out, throwing one of the dudes halfway across the bar. Ice blows him off, though, telling him to mind his own fucking business next time, and then Ice leaves. But Joe gets invited to the Brotherhood rally by one of the squirrelier-looking dudes. And Joe goes to the rally and starts throwing his dick around immediately. He beats Ice in a motorcycle drag race, and then he wins pit fight against a big dude. After the pit fight, he finds Henriksen playing Chains and his old lady going through Joe's van. Chains says they're just trying to make sure he's on the up and up and then offers up his old lady to Joe some sort of peace offering. And while Joe is still in the van, Ice tells Chains that he doesn't trust Joe, though they know him as John Stone in this. And Chains tells him he thinks Joe slash John Stone will be good for business. Yeah, we should just either call him the buys or Stone. That might be... I think I wind up calling him Stone at some point. Uh, Stone refuses to bang Chain's old lady, Nancy, and they both get out of the van. Some time later, Brotherhood is back at the hideout watching the district attorney on the news, vowing to bring the Brotherhood to justice, saying that he plans to appeal the 45-year conviction of trouble for the death penalty, which is 100% something that cannot be done because it would violate the Fifth Amendment. And again, Ashley Judd stars in a movie about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the the only way they could get away with it, if there's any small, is the fact that the judge died. So they can appeal the decision going, hey, so he's dead. So uh, can we change his sentence? <laughs> I still feel like that can't be done. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying that's I mean, that I, be the only thing. I get your reasoning, but I feel yeah. like 
It's not like they lost all evidence of the uh, the conviction. Yeah, because the judge the judge d- took it with him. You know? <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah, it doesn't expire with the judge. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, he had the the court reports in that in that boat too. <laughs> right. We'll never know. Now we have to do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. And Joe shows up saying he has a package for chains, so they let him in and bring him the chains. Gives him a package. Who he tells one of the other men to open it. Winds up being a bulletproof vest, government issue. Chains puts the vest on Joe and then tells him to turn around so they can take a look at it. And when he comes back around, Chains fires a bullet right into his chest, sending him flying back onto a pool table. Yeah, the, oh, the line from this about the government issue might be one of the, like, uh, trying to make it sound cool, but I was like, everything's government issue. You know, all the guns in this room are all government issue. Yeah. And I'm like, getting- I don't think that's true. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting him from Max Dad. Max Dad's in the air, is in the uh, Air Force. He's oh. paying the guy to get the weapons. Yeah, I don't understand I the point of that. Other. Yeah, I don't understand the point of the scene though. Why is it's, he giving him a bulletproof vest? I think uh, he says that if you're going to be doing business with me, you're going to need this or something. To yeah, something to that point. Yeah. I don't get it. I, that one flew over my head, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Mark, at the end. Uh, Max Dad pays that dude fifty grand for the weapons. Oh. Yeah, um, and uh, and the helicopter apparently too. <laughs> it's for uh, use of the helicopter. Yeah. Um, then chains, the stone then grabs chains and tosses him by the lapels onto his back and onto the pool table. The rest of the guys hold Stone back, and Ice gets ready to stab Stone to death. But Chain says he wants Stone to become a prospect, saying Stone is either going to be an incredible enforcer to have on his side. Or he'll be the biggest pork chop he's ever ate, in his words. Um, Stone agrees, and Chain sends him on a mission to Pensacola to bring back the ear of some dude. Finds him at a nightclub, identifying him by an earring. And then he knocks the guy out by slamming his head against the bar, and then Fireman carries him out. There can't be any move more emasculating than just getting knocked out and then carried out like a fireman carried out of a nightclub. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's not something you come back from. Yeah, it's like this is my prize. I'm taking it with me. <laughs> you are now mine. Legally, <laughs> you are mine. I own you. Yeah, I'm surprised they. Unless we did say a one liner, I'm surprised they didn't then give in and have him say one like no ticket or right. something like that. I don't think he does. I don't think he gets a one liner there. I think you're right. Um, he brings him to the FBI, who then take him into protective custody. The FBI take pictures of the guy's ears. There's a tattoo of a spider web in his ear. And then Stone brings the ear of a cadaver and has him tattoo the same tattoo on the guy's ear. So Stone brings back the ear as evidence that he found the guy and Shane sends him on a collection mission with another biker and a couple of the girls, including Nancy, um, Shane's old lady. I love how they use that term throughout this whole movie. Old lady. Every girl is the old lady. Yeah. (laughs) And that's my old lady, or that's his old lady. Yeah, I guess it's a biker thing, right? I yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't. I I kind of miss it a little bit if it's used in. I don't know if it's if it's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. But it just sounds funny. Yeah, I feel like it's specifically a a biker thing. Like I'm trying to think back to like Sons of Anarchy. I feel like oh, they you, throw around old lady a lot. Probably right. <laughs> <laughs> the only time, the only movie I could think of that says "old lady" is Wayne's it's World Wayne's Two. World too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's that old lady? That's my old lady. Yeah, <laughs> that's immediately what I think of. 
but yeah, it's uh, it, it's something that's been lost into the uh, annals of history. I guess we'll never <laughs> hear that again. Yeah, I I feel like I specifically hear in Ron Perlman's voice him talking about Katie Seagal, my old lady. That makes sense. I could definitely hear that. Yeah. During the pickup, Mafia guys drive by, mad at, that the bikers are encroaching on their turf, so they toss a grenade out the car window, <laughs> right blowing the other bikers sky high. Great scene. What yeah. a good... A, a drive-by grenading. Yeah, and it wasn't It wasn't even like a throw. It was kind of like an underhand toss. It was a toss. Like you're throwing <laughs> trash out the window. That was so good. It's so God, dumb. There's what one of them it? now. Who care? First of all, who carries a grenade with them when they're driving? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it just would have been easier to just like have an actual drive-by. Right. Yeah, there's you, they're the classics for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> that that guy work. at the armory is has some side business going with everyone. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. You know, sometimes things bottom out. You got to have a backup. Listen, yeah. that's how it goes. The so the U.S. military is funding both the mafia and the <laughs> the brotherhood in this turf war. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, probably not far from the truth. <laughs> I mean, in I mean that just goes with history, right? The, yeah. America, America play American military playing both sides. Right. <laughs> and again, that that's uh, you know we're talking about Mac's dad. That's yeah. a total Mac maneuver right there. <laughs> I'm with them. Because they got the best side. Oh, no, I'm with you because you're making some good points. <laughs> it took me forever to realize that was Mac's dad. I was like, this guy looks so fucking familiar. Pretty wild, right? And yeah. he I mean, he really hasn't changed that much. He's gotten older, but he yeah. still looks the same. Yeah. Uh, then the mafia corners Nancy in an alley and grabs the money she picked up. And they try to drive away. But Stone jumps on the hood of the car, rides it for a while. Then falls off, and the mafia guys wind up getting T-boned at an intersection. Stone pulls a few guys out of the car and beat the shit out of them, but the boss, Dimitri, pulls a gun on him and tells Stone to tell Chains to stay out of their territory. Mafia guys drive off, and Stone goes over to Nancy, and she asks, she says she had $400 that they just had walked off with, so Chains is going to kill her. So Stone gives her the money out of his pocket and tells her, just don't forget where the money came from. Question for you. Yeah. In that scene when Stone chases down the mafia, mm-hmm. does he not break one of the Stooges' arms? Oh, yeah. Snaps it like right in half. Yeah. And the guy kind of just walks it off. <laughs> right? Maybe it's maybe it's shock. <laughs> right. The adrenaline. Right? The adrenaline is not. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to feel that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> hey, uh, boss, you think I should go get this looked at? Nah, <laughs> you got this. Walk it yeah. off. We'll just have the mafia doc to put a bandaid on it. <laughs> the mafia, as we all know, the mafia always has a doctor on the uh, the payroll. Mm-hmm. Got to stitch him up real good. <laughs> Get him back out there, doc. <laughs> so the gang then goes to the hospital to visit the guy that got blown up by the grenade, and he's pretty fucking busted. Yeah, look, <laughs> it's pretty, it's brutal. But Change tries to cheer him up by telling him he's going to force one of the girls to marry the poor sap. And she does not look like she's super excited about it. I like how they they try to cheer him up by saying he still has his piece, as in his his penis. It's like, hey, you still got that. (laughs) Now's not the time for jokes, guys. My half my face is blown off. Yeah. And then another guy tries to play the harmonica for the guy to make him feel better. And Chains immediately freaks out on him. That was such a wild reaction that Chains has. Take that shit to the parking lot. 
<laughs> oh, no, I'm just trying to help. You you just talked about his dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you lifted up his covers to look at his dick. Yeah, and then just made it very obvious that this girl is repulsed by what this guy now looks like. Yeah, it's. I guess being in the Brotherhood has its perks, right? You, yeah. you can just have half a face, and you're still gonna, you know, come out on top. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Later, Stone goes to chains with a deal involving a whole shitload of P2P which is what Walter White used to make crystal meth in Breaking Bad. Shane says that he's looking to work with the WAPs, so maybe they'll be able to sell it to them. So they go to a fancy restaurant, meet with the mafia to tell them about the P2P, and Chains also brings them the head of Dimitri in a biker helmet in a box. So Joe sets up a meeting with Lance to talk about the potential of getting both the Brotherhood and the mafia in one fell swoop. So he tells Lance what he needs and says that he thinks he could get Nancy to turn witness against the Brotherhood. Later, the Brotherhood is driving down a road and they get stopped by a couple of National Guardsmen who are looking to see some ID from everyone. So Chains beats them both up. Then they bring them back to the hideout and nails them into a wooden boxes before he unloads an entire clip into both of them. Seems like kind of backwards thinking there, right? Yeah. When when you kill them, then put them in the box. Yeah. Like why why put them in the box just to shoot just to shoot them? You know. Right. Put them in the box and then like put them in the swamp. And just let them freak out about like the gators getting to them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, it makes no sense to kill them in the box because they've are, there's no suffering at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then, and the one nice biker we come to know um, goes, This is what I signed up for, man. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. What, like, what is the, is, do you think is the appeal of a biker gang? Like, what do you think that guy got into it for? It was just the women. He wanted and, an old lady. Yeah, he wanted an old lady. I'm sure that's part of it, right? But he, yeah, and I'm assuming if truthful answer is that maybe he came from a broken family or something. Yeah. You know? Are, like, biker gangs just, like, redneck swingers, right? Because mm-hmm. they're trading women. Yeah, yeah that's, the they, they seem to pass around ladies, yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, although she's, she is my lady, but she's our lady, Right. right. That's what it seems like. Right. And, and Nancy mentions at one point when she's talking to Stone that the reason she joined the Brotherhood was because they made her feel welcome. Right. Because she's so, got to hey. beat out of her by her stepdad. And and yeah, so that I think what Mark touched upon is, is probably correct, right? That these kids were leading terrible childhoods. They joined up with the, the Brotherhood and there was, you know, the perks there. But to say that, you know, you, you didn't join up with the brotherhood be- to to kill people literally one of your members is on death row now for right. killing someone right a priest of all a priest things. right During i mean these guys were, <laughs> right. these guys are national guardsmen at least they're army you know but where was this where was this energy when when a priest got blown away yeah i, I it's again maybe, maybe he's an atheist that may be right I've heard what the Catholic Church does. Those guys have, uh, they've earned it. Uh, I, I, again, like I said at the top of the podcast, this movie is bizarre, but in a good way. Because again, like it doesn't take away from anything. It's just maybe a little plot hole, it, but it doesn't matter. It's just no. weird. Right. It's still awesome regardless. Absolutely. <laughs> so Nancy freaks out because Chains is now murdering in cold blood. So he tosses her aside for another old lady. Then another one of the guys starts to freak out, saying he doesn't like what the Brotherhood has become. So Chain sticks his hand in a running bike wheel. 
Stone makes it back to the hideout and he sees Nancy by herself. She says that Chains is killing people in cold blood and she's leaving tonight. So Stone convinces her to stay with him till after he makes his deal and then they'll leave together. Just writing her death certificate right there. Yep. Yep. And so. she agrees and they make out and I pre- and presumably they fuck. Yep. No, he's too nice. Boz is too nice. You don't think he fuck you don't think they fuck? I think he wanted to wait for the, the second date. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he went to wait until they were out of the biker gang. Right. I you know, he's gotta make an honest woman of her. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's and true. he's surrounded by FBI agents, so Yeah. Uh the cops find the bodies of the National Guardsmen. The next day, Stone and Nancy go to a bar for food and drinks, and then Lance passes a note to Stone, posing as a, a waiter, telling him to meet him at the park at a parking lot. Stone goes, saying he needs to make a phone call, but Ice sees him leave on his bike, so he follows him. Stone meets with Lance, who says the FBI wants to pull Stone off the case because of the dead National Guardsman. Then Ice shows up and starts shooting at Stone and Lance, and speeds off to tell Chains that Stone is a cop. So a high-speed motorcycle chase ensues with a whole bunch of things blowing up, until Stone knocks Ice into oncoming car and crashes with a big old fireball and Ice dies, which was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is where the movie really kind of ramps up. And and this isn't even the best use of of Ice's body. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, this isn't the the last time Ice is going to be set on fire. (laughs) Which you would think is weird, but not in this movie. No. Back at the hideout, Nancy gets a call from someone from the Biloxi PD. Chains had her run info on John Stone, and it came back that he also goes by Joe Huff. So when Stone comes to the hideout later, she confronts him, asking if he's a cop, and he denies it. At night, they give Ice a Viking funeral on top of his motorcycle. Yeah, and the, the uh, Before that, uh, this completely dispels all the, the falsehoods of if, if I ask if you're a cop, you have to tell me you're a cop. Yep. Well, yeah, Stone knows uh, he knows the the correct rules of engagement, I guess. Yeah, because I don't think that's true, right? You don't have to tell anyone you're a cop. That defeats the whole purpose of being undercover. Yes. Yeah, Uh, or or else all these companies would just every every new guy you a cop, right? Shit, he got me. Uh, Okay, yeah, okay, I'm gonna leave. (laughs) Uh, At night, they give Ice a Viking funeral on top of his motorcycle, and it's not as you know, uh, honorable as it as it sounds like it should be. It just looks like he's propped up like a like a Halloween decoration. <laughs> it's so morbid. Yeah, like someone actually had to pose him. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for whoever's job that was in the gang. Yeah. Then later, Stone meets with the FBI to go over the plan for the drop of P two P along with the agent that is going to pretend to be the guy that they are getting the P two P from. So the drop happens with basically the entire biker gang there. And the agent that is pretending to be the drop takes Stone aside and tells him he wants 10% instead of the agreed upon 50k. So Stone blows him away to make a big show in front of Chains. Team piles in the trucks and drives off, and we find out that it was all an act. The agent that had squibs on him and Stone fired blanks. But the Brotherhood's plan changes mid-flight, and the trucks start going to a different drop point. So Lance calls Stone on the radio asking if everything's okay, and Nancy is right there, so this makes Joe as a cop, obviously. She gets pissed, but he says everyone is going to go down for the drop, so if she cooperates, he's going to guarantee her immunity. So she sulks in the car. Everyone goes to the new drop point, and it turns out that Chains is cutting Stone out of the exchange, and instead is changing it to Mac's dad from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, the the more you... Mentioned this, I'm starting to more see the parallels of Too Fast, Too Furious. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do the same thing there, too. So Joe rides off on his bike and heads back to the feds to tell them what just happened and that they're also planning to kill the DA. And he says that he has to stop the truck. So he rides off and rides alongside of the truck and then shoots the trailer off the truck and then it crashes into a gas station and a huge fireball explodes. Now, I don't know why people, the guys that are driving the truck aren't just like, the dude fucking just shot our truck up. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's That seems suspicious. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They, and they know for sure that someone did it because they 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 make the the comment oh we lost the the um, uh, we trailer. lost the back the, we lost the trailer and then someone speeds in front of them it was probably that guy <laughs> right the per the only other person on the road yeah it seems like it it wouldn't have just happened no and that's some great shooting by the way on stone's part to yeah. to shoot the connection from the cab in the trailer yep later Max's dad is on an Air Force base paying off another guy for some weapons and the use of a helicopter. When back at the hideout, Joe sees the helicopter and then one of the bikers tells Joe that Chains wants to see him. So they bring him into the hideout and Chains has a gun in his hand and a very concerned looking Nancy sitting at the table with him. Chains says that it's Stone's going away party and then the guy from Pensacola comes out of the back room telling Joe he shouldn't have fucked with him. So the guy obviously made Joe as a cop. First, wasn't that, that was the guy that they took away from the nightclub right yeah okay sorry just making sure the ear yeah yeah the ear tattoo uh first chains shoots the guy from pensacola then tells joe that he wants to break his his heart so he puts one right between nancy's eyes joe tries to stop chains but he can't then chains puts the gun to joe's head but the chamber is empty so chains instead says he's going to have him be his angel in quotation marks the next day I, i i didn't understand that that quote right like to to mess with the living you have to mess with the dead or something like that is that what he says i wrote the quote down hold on i don't remember ah where is it oh if you want to fuck with the living you have to fuck with the dead i don't understand what henrik does he say that before the guy from pensacola comes out of the back room no no he he shoots the guy from pensacola he shoots nancy and then he he does this whole thing about how the devil was a renegade angel and this, that, and the other thing, and he he says, if you want to fuck with the living, you have to learn to fuck with the dead. And then he pulls the trigger, and it's empty. Oh, yeah, I don't so know. I don't, yeah, it's. I think that sounded better in his head, or it was written, right? And then when it came out, it just it it doesn't translate. Yeah. Um, the next day, the court gets prepared to retry trouble. The plan is the they're going to use the helicopter and strap a bomb to Joe, and then toss him out of the helicopter. And in turn, Chains poses as a priest in order to take a seat in the gallery of the court. Yeah. Just so Another happens. thing where you would think that the the cops in Mississippi would know what Chains looks like. Yeah. Right. He shaved his mustache, though. So. Oh, that's a good point. Completely indistinguishable. Totally <laughs> different full. person. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking that because he even like addresses um, uh, Sam McMurray's character, Lance. And yeah. you would think that they have a file on you know. on uh on chains and those priests with their metal crucifixes yeah. and their yep rosaries yeah and, there's and, and also good why doesn't anyone check the courthouse for guns <laughs> right <laughs> like, this is one taped underneath the chair right it, they what do they i guess this is pre-9-11 so anything goes it's the wild also, west chains's sister works for the police department yes oh that's right yeah, that's who it is. 
the the Biloxi PD person. So uh, it just so happens that Chain sits right site right behind the agent that poses the driver during the drop, and he recognizes the driver. Then the Brotherhood is going to storm the courthouse, guns blazing. So the helicopter goes into motion, and they start to set the bomb. But Stone manages to break his restraints before they all are able to strap the bomb to him, and he gets into a fistfight with one of the bikers on the helicopter. Then he tucks the bomb into the guy's jacket and kicks him out the side and explodes with him in the air. And a great dummy work. Yes. Then Chains puts his part of the plan into action, shooting the agent in front of him, and shit goes crazy. Bikers storm the courthouse, shooting it up, riding motorcycles all around, taking hostages. Chains even manages to kill the DA and the Supreme Court, just like he wanted. Stone Mission accomplished. To... Yeah. Stone then tries to get Mac's dad to land the helicopter, but he's less than helpful. So instead, Stone jumps out where the helicopter is close to the building and jumps through Skylight and kills one of the bikers. Chaos just continues. Things explode. Stone shoots a bunch of, bunch of dudes. Motorcycle flies through a window and then crashes into the helicopter. <laughs> Just pure awesomeness. It's so good. The, you know what was weird about this this scene? Uh, the the National Guard take out a lot of the Brotherhood. Yeah, like I feel like they take out more of the Brotherhood than Joe does. Mm. So I thought, oh, that's odd. You would figure that you know Joe would just clean house, but no, he he gets a lot of help. My favorite uh, of the biker gang is the guy that's yelling out the window. Yes. Yeah. So no more bullshit. Like, oh, that's what this has all been about. It's the anti-bullshit campaign. Like, why are they taking hostages, by the way? Did he think that yelling no more bullshit would get people to go, oh, he has a point. I I also hate bullshit. He's he's not so different from us. (laughs) And and it's kind of, oh, it's kind of scary that there are armed uh, assailants taking a state building because they are uh, not a fan of a a decision a decision <laughs> of someone that they like losing yeah so yeah, I, guess they, uh, I, I i don't know what the final plan was here like like if they do this would the right. um you know would the cops just be like, oh, okay you can run the town right like, it would be open season on these guys wouldn't it it doesn't seem like there was an exit strategy because they did accomplish what they were there to do. So you would think there was like, okay, part six, escape. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm assuming at the very least, Chains wanted to make it out with trouble. Right. That Because, right, wh- like, why would you go through all that hassle just for trouble to die regardless? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming at least that was a part of the plan. Like, we're going to get the leader and trouble out. And then everyone else, he, I, Chains even says everybody on their own. Like, you're all on your own now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, once he doesn't get the helicopter. Right. So I, I think there was a little bit of a plan, but it wasn't executed, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what you're even after that. Like you said, Mark, what, you, the, 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 the the National Guard, the police, they're just going to come down like a fucking hammer on these guys. Yeah. And this all culminates into Stone and Chains going mano a mano and Stone just beating the shit out of Chains, tossing him down a flight of stairs and disarming him. Until Stone puts a gun to Chains' head and pulls the trigger, but the chamber is empty. Feds come in, they take Chains into custody, but Chains grabs an officer's gun and tries to shoot Stone. But Lance comes out of nowhere and shoots Chains, who then falls back over the balcony and onto the floor below. It's like Al Powell coming out of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> Then Stone just walks out of the courthouse and down the steps as the credits roll. 
some assumption that this was a mission accomplished, but uh, well, not quite. For the wrong person. (laughs) Well, theoretically, for for people like us, Ant, they uh, both took out the Nazi biker gang and the cops. That's true. I'm of the cops. (laughs) They're still there. I mean, the FBI is still there. There's still the National Guard. So, yeah, I mean, some people died, but most of the wrong people died. I think think some of the members of the Biloxi Police Department are who Rage Against Machine is talking about in their song. Yeah. Well, a southern a southern governor or would be governor probably not that big of a loss. Right. <laughs> we don't really get the uh, the politics of the whip, but I can't imagine it's particularly good. He's now for he's for harsh crime and and thumbing his nose at the Fifth Amendment, so not great there. Uh, but that is the end of Stone Cold. Great movie, yeah, so yeah. much fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. No notes. Oh. No notes. Just over the top, man. Yeah. Over the yeah. top. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I think in the future, if I ever get stuck for a movie, I'm just going to go through the Red Leather Media playlist. There you go. <laughs> just I, I would have loved to have seen a movie with Brian Bosworth and Malibu. Ooh, that would Could've be good. Happened. Right, because that, that's like brothers? two really good mullets going toe to toe. What if they're playing brothers and one of them's one of them's good and one of them's bad? That's great. Uh, so we, like, we're getting all these versus movies now, right? So why couldn't you have Stone Cold versus Malibu? Ooh, yeah. I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. What's his name? Killing Zone. Yeah, the uh, it's not Malibu, right? No. <laughs> but <laughs> I guarantee you, if we were some ad exec or something, we could probably convince. Well, I mean, he probably needs the money, but we could probably convince Boz to like do a quick thirty second like Super Bowl commercial as Stone Cold. Probably. <laughs> Garrett Bodine. That was his name. Bodine. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's uh, I, that would be so fun to watch. And I, again, I was totally blown away by this. It's yeah. it's, not, it's not again, it's not great, but it's so much fun. And that's what makes it. A good, it's such an easy watch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention. I don't know if you guys had said that because it's, it's been a long podcast, but um, the and they also point this out on their episode. I think the biggest like juxtaposition in the movie is when they get to the hideout and it scans from the women showering outdoors oh, with like yeah. no doors on it and then to a kid pushing a stroller. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a it's such a yeah. oh, okay. I get I, yeah. I get what this is. We didn't even touch upon that there was tons of boobs in this movie. The, yeah. the woman my, my in favorite. the pool hall when yeah, she hits was, the shot yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> that was the most gratuitous in the movie. Yeah, oh big time. Big time. I, I think I think this movie is I, I think it's a few years too late. I think if you put this movie in like eighty six, like eighty five, eighty six, uh it might get a better reception. It was probably um, written around that time, I would imagine. It might have been, right? It, it's it came out in ninety one, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just a little bit past its time. because uh, you're right, I, I think that uh, Mark, I think you said like Dolph Lundgren kind of like yeah, a yeah, kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah uh, like dollar store Dolph Lundgren or something like right. that. Right, or even like Roddy Piper in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think if this movie's in the 80s, it does better. Sure. I would. It's always one of the things you bring up Piper. I would have loved to have seen him not with Vince if he would have been able to expand on the they live, yeah. you know, momentum without needing to clear it with, with his boss. Right. 
Yeah, I I I think this movie got it didn't get a good shake. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else came out at this time. It probably I I could see it being a a good uh like video rental. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, word I think of mouth it, gets passed around. Right. I think you, it, this it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, just and, and again, good everyone everyone in the movie is a good actor. You know, it anyone who has big parts is is a lot of fun. And no one's taking it too seriously, but at the same time, they're not just, you know, they're not phoning it in. Uh, everyone seems like they're having a good time with it. I I love this movie. This movie's great. Yeah, I had a great time with it. Um, but I think that's that's going to wrap us up this week. Um, yeah, if, you, if you've got YouTube, which I think everybody's got YouTube, just go look for um, Stone Cold and have yourself a great time. Uh, it's really, uh, that's really all I have to say. Um Check out us, uh, us out on socials. Uh, follow us on They Called Some Movie on uh, TikTok because we're blowing up there. I want to get in on the ground floor on that one. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's this week's episode. Uh, the director of Stone Cold is Craig R. Baxley. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony DeVecchio telling Craig R. Baxley, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.